So the question that the whole class uh, revolves around is what is Chassidut? Uh, we've seen a lot of Hasidic stuff kind of crop up in BT recently with lots of quotes from Chabad, the website. Breslov. Breslov quotes, Nachman, uh, Rav Ginsberg, uh, Shalom Arush, Rabbi Shalom Arush. These are all Hasidic guys. And so what is, what is Hasidut? Everybody... I think kind of knows the background, which is just that the Baal Shem Tov, which is another guy who gets quoted a lot, the Baal Shem Tov came on the scene and started um, a movement. Wasn't his movement as a direct response to the Orthodox movement that seemed to be a little dry? Well, not an Orthodox movement. Um, it's just spiritually unconscious. Judaism was comatose at the time. And so he came in and with these new teachings of Chassidut. Judaism is also reeling from Shabtai Svi also. Right, right. False, Messiah. Okay, false Messiah. And a lot of the persecution and pogroms that were happening. Okay. There's nothing and wrong with Orthodox They're also competing with the Renaissance at this time as well, which is like getting a whole bunch of people to sort of like give up on Judaism and try to explore their philosophies elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. Okay. So this is one answer to what is Chassidut. It's just the awakening the Baal Shem Tov kind of brought into the world to get everybody back onto Judaism, right? And then we just read in Masil Yishayim what a Chassid is, someone who goes beyond the letter of the law. He's adding more restrictions to himself or doing more than is necessary. So how does that fit in? Like, Ramchal predates the Baal Shem Tov heavily, um, so are they in any way related? That's just a confusing term. Hmm? Well, Hasid is a biblical term. Yeah. Pious. Yeah, pious. So is it the same thing? Like, does Chastidut have to do with being more pious? Hmm. Something to think about. The Tzemek... Tzemach Tzedek, which is one of the previous um, Chabad Rebbe's, asked his father, the altar Rebbe, what's the ultimate point of Chassidut? And the altar Rebbe says the entire idea of Chassidut is to change the nature of one's attributes. Can, can you change, can, one, can a man change Changes his stars. stars. Oh. So, okay. so, Rob Ginsburg, um, one of the ways he describes Hasidus is he, he kind of says it's a it's a mystical you know kind of spiritual approach to the to the Torah that the way he describes it you know it's it's a lot of it is deeply rooted in the in the Kabbalah but the problem with just Kabbalah by itself is it's very impractical right it's kind of way up here it's it's concepts it's deep kind of you know and Almost philosophical. Anyway, yeah, somewhat philosophical. Uh, the way Ralph Ginsburg describes it is Hasidut makes Kabbalah practical. Mm, okay. it, it brings the mystical approach and to the Torah down to a way where you actually live it out, you know, uh, which I thought was kind of a cool way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. This idea of changing the nature of one's attributes is... Um, kind of back to that idea of 
what you can do with the Yitzhara, and uh, one idea is you can break the Yitzhara. Delta Rebbe is alluding to the idea that if you don't have the necessary tools to fix the Yitzhara, like turn it into a force for good, then you have to break it. And he's saying the tool to fix your Yitzhara, to point it towards something good, is Chasidut. That's kind of where he's coming from. Um, it's important to, to recognize that the Tzemach Tzedek's question was not what is Chasidut, but what is the ultimate point of Chasidut, which was to, to change your nature. That still doesn't really answer the question. Um, one thing that is very commonly expressed is that Chasidut or the Chasidism in general has kind of opened up to the public the deeper mystical sides of the Torah, um, which some people heavily go against because it's supposed to be like something that you work up to. Um, but Chasidut has, seems to have no problem with, like on the Chabad website, there's an entire, you can pretty much, yeah, you can pretty much get anything you want uh, if you're into that kind of stuff. So um, that's some answers that we get all the time. But the question still is, what is Chasidut? Like, what's the ultimate point? Because there's, there's something beyond all these these are all different answers, and they're all true, which means there's got to be something higher than that, you know, that's causing all these answers, right? And so, I don't, I don't need to go into the other discourse that kind of proves all this stuff. We're just going to accept this as fact so that we can get to the rest of this one. But Chassidut is a, is a single point that's emanating from a very high level. It's like a new light from Hashem from the Ein Sof, how I had to put it in like made up words because all of it was very Kabbalistic, but it's like the innerest, innermostest type of place in, in God's will. So if you go to God's will and then go like the, the inner part of God's will and then the inside of that, that's where this point of Chasidut is. And it's this new light that comes from there. And so it's kind of like, it's like a new revelation of Hashem. So you could say the essence of Chassidut is actually the Ein Sof, like himself. Um, it's kind of scary. So, let's go, we'll go here, because that's the same thing as the Torah. Uh, the Torah is, is just letters wrapped around the light of the Ein Sof, mm-hmm. Right? I mean, so it sounds just like the Torah. It's, like it's Hashem's will. Um, and, and whatever we're going to say about the Torah in general, the idea is that it's true for Chassidut in particular. So it's kind of the essence, like the, the point is Chassidut, but it's true for the whole Torah. Okay? So, um, well, I just said that. Rip. The Torah encompasses all manner of perfection in the world. Right? So everything... Everything good in the world just has its trace back to Torah. You know, if um, any morality system that's not Torah, anything true about all those morality systems just comes from the Torah. You know, because okay. yeah. Clarification question. So, are you saying Hasidism? The aims of coming into the world is Hasidism, and is that what you're saying? There's a new light okay. for me. So it says new revelation. Right. So we have, um, I, 
the uh, Torah, his uh, revelation. Okay. And then, and we're always given a new revelation when we need it the most. So then we get the revelation of the Talmud. That's like a thousand years after the Torah. And then we have more and more things. Zohar comes along. And there's all these more and more revelations until we get Chassidut. That's another revelation. They're saying that this revelation, this light, is from a very high source. That's kind of what we're saying. Yeah? This, this is just the background information. The bulk, the bulk of it is going to be later. Okay, so you got to just hang on and get your background information. Um, laws are epitome of good. Every other morality system mixes good and evil. But Torah is, is just 100% good. Um, the example he used is like, you read Pirkei Avot, which is the ethics of our fathers. That's ethics. Like, that's 100% perfect ethics. Like, there's not, like, you have to sift through it to find, you know, what's, what's the good part of this teaching. It's like, no, this is, that's the definition of ethics, is Pirkei Avot. Um... The existence of the world depends on the Torah. So sages say that um, the whole world and all the worlds are dependent on just a single detail of a mitzvah. That's, that's what's keeping all the worlds together. And yet, I say also not because from the Torah's point of view, which is just the light of the insof wrapped in Hebrew letters, all the worlds are like absolutely nothing. So it's it's almost offensive to the Torah to say that all the worlds depend on the Torah because they don't even exist to the Torah. Just Torah. You know, so King David actually gets punished because he said, you know, like, oh, the whole world depends on a single mitzvah. So he got punished because he, that's offensive to the Torah. He should have known better. You know, got to get higher than that. Anyways. Um... The highest wisdom, all the secular wisdoms may seem smart, but the Torah is, is the number one, of course. Um, it's the sustaining flow of life into the world, is the Torah. But if you're, if you're thinking about it, none of these constitute the essence of the Torah. Ah, there we go. We're describing more things about the Torah, but we still haven't gotten to the essence of the Torah. Like, what's the essence of the Torah? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the essence of the Torah is that it's completely, let's see if I wrote it down here, it's completely united with the infinite light of the Sof, which is unclothed within it in a perfect and total, which should be total, unity. This is... <laughs> You just have to read. You have to read total there. This was typed hastily, so that's the bottom line. That's the essence of the Torah: is that it's complete and perfect unity. So we're not even talking like. Sometimes when we think of unity, we think of still two things, but like almost like a body and a soul. But if the soul were to leave, the body would still be here; it just wouldn't have any life. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a perfect, complete unity. The we our sages say that the Torah and Hashem and Israel are all one. They're all just one concept. So the Torah 
is completely united with the infinite light of the Yen Sof. Okay? That's the essence of the Torah. And what we're saying about the Torah in general is the essence of Chassidut in particular. Right? Which is why we can interchange we can inter- interchange Hashem or Ein Sof with Torah with uh, with Mashiach. Mm. Yeah, those are all concepts that are uh, interchangeable. So. Yeah. Just a point of clarification. Does it would that make the Torah a constriction? Of the light of the Yinsof, then? Because if it is, because we know one, we don't know the other. I mean, like, a, like in a we know, sense of So it? the Yinsof is different than the light of the Yinsof, though. But you said it's. Uh, oh, 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 I see what you mean. Emanation. So, okay, okay, gotcha. So, the, yeah, the Yinsof is still completely knowable. But, but yes, the Torah. So the Torah is not a constriction. The essence of the Torah is not a constriction of the light of the Yinsof. But the Torah is wrapped in. Um, mitzvot that affect us in this material world, you know, and the Torah has these levels of interpretation. So in some respect, like, it has been brought down to this world. But the essence of the Torah... Okay. Right. The primary expression of this point is chassidut. That's kind of what I'm saying. The particular chassidut, the general is the Torah. Right? Okay. Mashiach. Why are we bringing up Mashiach? Question mark. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right, Moshiach. You know this in the Pirkavot, right? The reward for a mitzvah is a mitzvah. The Alter Rebbe has a different take on this um, um, saying, this proverb. He says the reward of a mitzvah is that mitzvah, is understanding that mitzvah. So the idea is you can understand the essence of a mitzvah by examining its reward. Right? The reward of a mitzvah is a mitzvah. You have to read it in your head like that, you know? I can, if I look at the reward of something, I can kind of figure out what this, all, what this is all about. Yeah? So it's circular. What's circular? Like, yeah, it points back to itself. Right? Right. So, um, there's a famous story. Everyone should know it, but Baal Shem Tov, when he was, uh, one Rosh Hashanah, um, he was his, his soul ascended. He was there in the heavenly academy, and there's Mashiach, right? And the Baal Shem Tov says, "Master, when are you coming?" And Mashiach says, "When your well springs flow to the outside, like when your teachings are everywhere, that's when I'm coming back, right? When your fountains will be disseminated to the outside, um, and so." you kind of get the jump here, is that the reward for Chassidut is Mashiach. Right? So if Chassidut gets spread all around, then Mashiach comes back. Or comes. Depending on your outlook, right? So we can figure out the essential nature of Chassidut by examining like, what's Mashiach? Examine the reward and get to know the mitzvah. Right? Right? So we're going to take a, a look at what Mashiach really is. What's the essential point of Mashiach? And then we'll understand what Chassidut is. The essential point of Chassidut is, yeah. which would be the essential point of 
If you point at my belly button during this class, I'm really going to get just that's going to I don't know what that means. I think I'm glad I don't know. Um, so let's talk about Mashiach, right? So, um, so a bunch of crazy things happen when Mashiach comes back. Israel, the Shekinah, are redeemed from exile, right? Um, there's a quote, all Israel will be great sages. Our sages say is that all Israel will be great sages. They're coming on the verse for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of God. Right? Yep, that's that one there. Wolves and lambs chilling together. That's, so that's um, a physical change of the universe. Very cold change. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows where they're going to be chilling. Um, there's a, a tradition that says that the name of Hashem, the Tetragrammaton, will then be pronounced when Mashiach comes back. Which, I say that here, right? Yeah, so, but that's kind of alluding to a bigger point, which is that the Tetragrammaton is the name of Hashem's transcendent name. Like, we don't say it, it's above nature. And what, what we say when we say Hashem's name is going to be pronounced, we're saying Hashem's transcendent side is going to be revealed. That's a big deal, right? So this big outpouring of, like, here's Hashem. Um, and whatever changes in the physical world affects the spiritual world. Like, in, uh, uh, the point that he brought up, which is just really incredible, is that the, the, the sages determine when Rosh Chodesh is. You know, like, they, have, they just depend if there's going to be a, an extra month or not. And that's his, his example of, do you see what's happening here? Like, when something happens here in the physical realm that changes something, it, it changes all the spiritual realms above it. It's kind of a very, very big deal. That sort of reminds me of a statement. What's your mind here? Well, the, the statement, so, so the example you just gave, where the sages have the halakhic authority to determine which tradition is going to be here, right? Mm-hmm. And when they make that determination, heaven sort of reorders, as it were, which is, you bind on earth, mm-hmm. you'll be bound in heaven, mm-hmm. right? That's the same concept. Same, same concept. And as a general whole, you're going to find, I think, that the Gospels are filled with chassidut, yes. basically. So. Does this have anything to do with, like, when we read in the prayers, um, for the sake of the unification of the blessed one, of the Holy One, blessed be this, this point doesn't specifically, but it's the same idea. What we do here on earth affects what happens in the heavenly realms. Okay. Absolutely. So, that's good. Um, what's the point? What's the point of Mashiach? Like, where is, what's Mashiach? Does anybody have any idea what the essence of Mashiach is? What do you mean the essence of Mashiach? Like, what's the what's point? Do, no, like, what is Mashiach? Here, I'll just tell you. Yechida. You guys want to guess it anyway. Yeah. How, who, does everybody know about the levels of the soul? No. I'm going to... I'm just going to put them out here. First, the first point, essential point of Mashiach is Yechida. So remember that. That's a very important point. Here's the five levels of soul. Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya, and Yechida. Right? So these are different... They're from highest to lowest? That's lowest to highest. So we're, we're talking about 
kind of the vivifying force within parts of us, right? So the nefesh is that part of the soul, that simple life. That's I'm moving myself because I have a nefesh. I am a nefesh, right? And then ruach is your your emotional. That's the vivifying force behind your emotions. And shama is the vivifying force behind your intellect. Most people stop there because that's the main three. Then the chaya is kind of like a refined part of the soul which is starting to connect you to the godly level. And then the yechida is the divine spark itself. This is the, the, the spark that's one with Hashem, like absolutely one with Hashem. What's cool is where, where does Hazal come up with the idea of these five levels and... Um, it's from the Psalms because in the, the five times in the Psalms there's the statement, um, uh, you know, bless the Lord over my soul, right? And so Hazal, when they looked at that, they said, okay, this phrase is only five times in the Psalms. So they derive the five levels of the soul because it's basically bless the Lord, oh my first soul, bless the Lord, oh my hmm. second soul, etc. As you rectify yourself, and and um, that. That was that's the scriptural basis for really the five levels. Um, so the Yechida is the the essential point of the soul. It's kind of what makes all the other ones even matter. Is this one that's connected and and one with Hashem? Um, it it represents total self nullification. Total, like there's nothing. It doesn't have an an identity. It's just complete. Like the tool, like self nullification. So this is new for old men like me. So, uh, so I was brought up in the Methodist Church to believe that all men were good, but for some reason, not all men would go to heaven. And then we got somewhere in this walk and uh, oh no no before this walk and we heard that all men were bad and that they had to be made good by Mashiach and good luck with that and then we got here originally it was that all men were good but became out of touch with them, with the divine self. Is that what you're talking about here? That's the divine spark within that really, so when Taylor did the class on the three T's, Shiva, Sure, Shadaka, sure, yeah. Return to yourself kind of thing, return to who you really are. Right, because yeah. returning essence, in essence to God. Right. So that's that bottom one? Sure, I'll go with that. So then, basically, what you're saying is, they're arguing that all five are elements of everyone's soul, but they only really get expressed by people who like reach that. I guess they. Well, here's well, here's the thing. Each of these five levels, I think I have this in the slide, um, is is represented, and on, on a general level, like the general nefesh of the of the world, is represented by a, a hero of the faith. So they have these listed out, that this they just say. So the nefesh is David HaMelech, and Ruach is Eliyahu Anavi, 
the Neshama is Moshe Rabbeinu, Chaya is Adam HaRoshon, and Yechida is Moshiach. So these are the people who kind of um, manifest this general quality of the soul. Right? There's actually a really interesting drash, which I probably don't have time for, but I'm going to go do it anyway, from Rob Ginsburg about the five levels of the soul here, because they kind of, they, they mirror each other. So Moshiach, Yehida, and Nefesh are kind of like the first and the last, right? So they kind of play off each other. So Moshiach is Moshiach ben David. Like that's, that's who Moshiach is. It, it connects with the Nefesh, um, but it all pivots around the middle spoke, which is Moshe. And so, will be discussed in a second. So, Mashiach, they say, is, they say Mashiach is Moshe in David's body. Say that again. But not really in his body. Mashiach, We're just saying like, Mashiach is, is Moshe. Yeah. So, it's, Moshe is the, the hinge between Mashiach and David. So, Mashiach is only Mashiach ben David because of Moshe. It's kind of it's complicated. But on another level, Moshe Rabbeinu was also the hinge for Adam and, and Elijah. And so the idea is that Moshe reached up to Chaya and brought that down into Eliyahu. Because if, um, if Adam had not sinned with eating the forbidden fruit, he would have lived forever. And so the only other man really we know who didn't die is Eliyahu. And so Eliyahu kind of represents Adam who didn't sin. The idea. So Moshe reaches up to Chaya and brings that down into Ruach. Mm. Anyway, Kinsberg has a lot of interesting stuff on his website. What's that website? Inner.org. Okay, so bottom line though is the Yechida corresponds to Mashiach. Right? And like literally Mashiach. So each man is a, is, is a soul, five levels of a soul, but the whole world is just one big soul. Right? It's a macrocosm, this is a microcosm. So, the idea is that Mashiach is the Echida of the world. Got it? So like the, 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 of the world. Right, right. So, so the general Neshama is Moshe. Anyway, here, this will all become clear probably on my next slide. Skip my Rav Ginsburg thing. Okay. Let's go over here. We're going to call it Naranach now because it's going to be easier and faster to say. But that's Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Chaya. Those are the four levels. And then Yechida is the fifth one, which we're not talking about. So Naranach, they're particular and they're individual. But Yechida, it transcends all the particulars. There's no limitations in Yechida. There's no uh, boundaries or anything. And it's the essence of this soul. Of, of Naranach, of the four different levels, right? So, so I have, so my Yechida is the essence of my Naranach, right? But the whole world Yechida is, is that's Mashiach. And so, the idea is, this kind of explains what happens when Mashiach comes. Because, like everything that's going to happen corresponds to this idea of boundlessness and limitlessness. Like, um, I don't know if I, 
I don't think I have it in here. Right. So this is the reason we have eternal life when Mashiach comes. Because Mashiach corresponds to Yechida. Yechida has no limits. There's no limitations. So when Yechida becomes manifest in the world, the world reaches perfection. Like, because there's no barriers to prevent perfection and there's no temporal limits. So when Mashiach becomes manifest in the world, that's it. Does that make sense? Good. Alright, so here's the deal. Is that's what I just said? Is that Chasidut therefore corresponds to Yechida? Because we just said the reward of a mitzvah tells us about the mitzvah itself. The reward for Chasidut was Mashiach, Mashiach is Yechida, Chasidut is Yechida. Okay? This is this is okay. Right, there you go. So there's a new vitality that transcends form. Okay? That's the that's gonna be important. So now we can look through everything that we thought Chasidut was from the first slide and realize how it's all just basically Yechida. It all just fits into that framework, which is a non-framework, because there is no form. The revealing of Sod, right? So, uh, Peshat, Ramez, and Darush are all part of this form of, of the Torah. Did I miss one? No, and Sod is the fourth. So those are the four, but the idea is like... Um, the fact that Sod would be hidden and the other three would be revealed is kind of part of this order. But Yechida transcends any order. You know, it's like, well, this is the Torah. It's all Torah. You know, so just let it all out. You know, there's also, some say, um, there's also a fifth level of interpretation which will only be taught by Moshiach. So, Sod, you know, shot. Uh, Ramez, Drush, so are the four levels of interpretation that we are able to perceive, as it were, but um, the fifth level will only be revealed by the side. Some would say that, although some would say in this class that the Chesidut is the fifth level of interpretation. As we will see, it will be demonstrated. <laughs> uh, acting beyond the letter of the law reflects this, because if, um, if you're acting... Uh, according to the letter of the law, you're acting within the, the four... So you're acting within, like, um, here's the deal. When you have Naranach, you're, you're still an identity. You're still a person. It's still me serving Hashem. And so you're going to do whatever is best for this me serving Hashem. And it's going to have an inherent little bit of selfishness. And you're going to do what Hashem requires of you. But if you're Yechida, there is no me. It's complete self-nullification. So it, it's beyond me. It's just serving Hashem. You're going to do everything. You're going to go beyond the letter of the law. You know? The case in point they always bring up is the trimming of the nails. They say that Sadiq throws away his nail clippings, but the Chasi burns his nail clippings, even though that's burning a part of himself. Because he doesn't have a self. You know, it's transcending the limitation of the ego. You know? All right. Burning nails is pretty cool. Uh, waking up a spiritual and conscious world reflects this as well. Let me check my notes. Why in the world that would reflect that? 
Right, the unconsciousness can only be manifest in the lower four levels of the soul. That's kind of, um, they say that a person who can't be woken up can be woken up by whispering their name um, in their ear. Because it's kind of like connecting to a deeper level. It's the same kind of idea. The world is unconscious, but that's only unconscious a self, you know? But Yechida transcends like unconscious, wake up, you know? It's like, anyway. So all, all the things that kind of describe Chassidut or just ramifications of what Chassidut really is, which is this new life force, this new vitality that's come into the world pretty recently via the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov. Okay? So, does that mean there was no Chassidut before the Baal Shem Tov? Or you're just saying the point is the Baal Shem Tov has brought it down to the, has, has brought it to the masses as well? I would say there was no Chassidut before the Baal Shem Tov. Or if there was, it was it was not in this world, it was heavily revealed. Because this is a new light that's being revealed with the advent of the Baal Shem Tov, basically. Is this, is this the same light as Mashiach? Is it the same light as Mashiach? No. Yes, because Mashiach is Yechida. Yeah, but it, the, the light isn't Yechida. It corresponds to Yechida. Just they're interrelated, inter- but it's not the exact same thing because Mashiach's physical presence on Earth will bring about a transformation in the Earth, and that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened, right? And it can't happen until Chassidut is spread around the world. Um, but when you see <laughs> when you see the, how Chassidut interprets the Torah, I think you'll you'll see that even if there was some kind of vestiges of this of this light beforehand. It's now that Chassidut has become revealed in the world. It's, uh, it's very tangible. Um, so they say Chassidut is like oil. I had to say like litter because they mean that it gets everywhere and that it permeates everything and um, that, it's, that it's beyond everything. And that is like litter. Um, Chassidut is like oil. I think... I think that Josh, they say, is that secret corresponds to wine. So it is 70, wine is 70 in Hebrew, and, and secret of secrets corresponds to oil. And the reason is, uh, secret in the wine, it gets better if you leave it there. You know, wine is better with age. But oil doesn't get any better with age, meaning it's not depending on its secrecy to be a better secret. It's the secret of secrets. It's like the cool secret that doesn't need secrecy to be secret. Okay, doesn't really matter. The point is, it doesn't mix. This is how they define oil in the Talmud. It doesn't mix with anything, and yet it permeates everything, like glitter, right? So here's how. This is just a quick little logical argument. Chasidut permeates the whole world. Because the Torah permeates the whole world, and the Chassidut permeates the whole Torah. Okay? okay. How, does it, how does it do that? It's the idea is that Chassidut brings vitality and um, like a, an enlightening 
into the entire Torah all four levels of interpretation, which, which we know as pardes, right? So, Peshat Ramez, Darush and Sod, right? Is Darush not Darush? Yeah, he uses Darush. So I'm just going to use Darush. doesn't matter. The digging, you know? So, yeah, whenever, so this is kind of a... Um, yeah, toodle. This is kind of a point that you should all know. It's not part of the class, but just in Kabbalistic thought, like whenever you start seeing things of fours and fives, you got to just link it immediately to everything you already know. So like there's, oh, there's four levels of interpretation and there's four levels of the soul underneath Yechida. Like obviously those are going to connect. There's four universes. There's four letters of the name of God. These are all one concept, you know. Right, and so there's five of all those, but don't talk about those. It's so, kind of like Proverbs. It's like, there's always like, there are four things, but five. But five, right. It's the secret fifth. <laughs> so here's the idea. is Chassidu is the fifth level of the soul Yechida, and it's the fifth level of interpretation. So Peshat, Ramez, Jerush, and Sod correspond to the four levels of the soul, and Chassidu corresponds to the fifth level of the soul, Yechida. Do you have a question? Okay, good. All right. It's a common misconception that I think some people think of of Chassidut simply in its Kabbalistic like bearings that Chassidut reveals Kabbalah or that or that Chassidut is Kabbalah, like it's Kabbalah for the masses, basically, um, which which it's not. Um, the way somebody put it was that. Some, someone said Hasidut explains Kabbalah, and then this guy responded and said, "No, Kabbalah explains Hasidut." Okay. Yeah. Um, the idea is that Kabbalah. This is kind of what Mr. Rappen was saying. Kabbalah is like concerned with all the details, like the, and they say the. It's basically an anatomy book of the body of the king. So it's like. Um, Right. It's all concerned about locations and and dimensions and names and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Chasidut is is like um, is the practical. Chasidut is is using is using Kabbalah, but it will use anything because its only purpose is perception of the divine. So Kabbalah is just like a a book, like an anatomy book, for this doctor who is Chasidut, you know? So, anyway, don't think that Chasidut is all about Kabbalah. It just reveals the soul level because it transcends the form of the, the typical idea that soul needs to be hidden. All right. Um, so, this, the whole point why I really like this class is, is the idea that we're going to discuss some Torah and see how it's interpreted with Pardes, and then we'll see how it's interpreted with the fifth level of our interpretation, which is Chassidut. Right? So in the Torah that um, the Lubavitcher Rabbi chose was Modeani. So everybody familiar with Modeani? I have it here. Right? Familiar? It's the prayer we say as soon as we wake up in the morning, even before we wash our hands. Right? If possible. <laughs> That's a tricky place to reach. So, Modiyane, Lafanachemalachai Vichayam, Shachazarta, Finishmati, Vichamla, Rabba, Munitech. 
Gratefully thank you, O living eternal King, for you restore my soul within me with compassion. Praise your faithfulness. Um, if you pray the rest of the morning prayers, you probably also know what we'll be mentioning is the, um, the my God, the soul you place within me is pure, mm -hmm. which is the Elokai Neshama. That is, we have to say that after we wash our hands, because that's an actual blessing. And that has the name of, the name of God in it. Alright, so, we're going to interpret Modayani on the four levels of Pardes. Okay. This is the main gist of the class. Buckle up. This is the Peshat level. The Peshat level is that we're giving thanks to Hashem for having restored my soul within me. Right? That is the Peshat level. Couple, uh, let's see, couple of pointers. We make the blessing immediately upon awakening from sleep, just like whenever you experience something good or enjoy something in life, you're supposed to make a blessing immediately. You know, we're not going to wait until we wash our hands to thank God for restoring our soul to our bodies. We're going to thank Him immediately. The shot level. Um, do I have it here? Elokai Shama, my God, the soul you place within me is pure, can be said only after washing. We can't wash because we have to say it immediately. Right? Interesting note, I don't think I have it here, is that the Talmud, in Tal the Talmudic era, they didn't say Modani. Because all the men in the Talmudic era were out of a level of holiness that when they woke up from sleep, they weren't, they didn't have the need to wash their hands. So they would say Elokai Shama when they woke up from sleep. That's interesting. It is interesting. Because they say that sleep is one sixtieth of death. Yes. And, and that's the reason we wash the hands. It's to, to uh, do away with the impurity caused by that one sixtieth of death. The um, ruach ra'ah that's on the hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah ew. <laughs> all right, so that's the shot level. Right? Does that all make, that's pretty basic, right? We're not going to try to spend too much time on the Peshat level because there's more to be talked about. The Ramez level is that the restoration of the soul every morning alludes to the resurrection of the dead. Amen. Which, of course, we know is, uh, is exactly what Johnny just said, is one-sixtieth of death is sleep. So the idea that you'd be awakened from sleep is kind of like the resurrection of the dead. Right? Um, one-sixtieth of death, right? And... So, and so here's... Because they always do this, is they take a phrase in it. So they have, uh, um, forever restoring my soul within me, great is your faithfulness. We can break that phrase apart and say, from this restoring my soul within me, we know that great is your faithfulness to resurrect the dead. Oh, mm. right. So that's the Hermes level. That's a beautiful Hermes level. That'll change the modern tomorrow morning. It's going to keep changing. <laughs> really, I'm saying level. This is incredible. Okay, Jewish level. So this is where we kind of dig in a little bit, right? Search. Oh, we're getting weird. No, this is kind of cool. Not yet. So the interpretation of Modani to Jewish is that he's returning what we entrusted to him the night before, even though we have debts against him. Like, we owe him everything, but he still returns it to us. Right? So, we learn... This shows the faithfulness of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We learn that it's actually a mitzvah in the Torah to do the exact same thing. If someone entrusts you with an object and um, he wants it back, you can't not give it to him just because he also owes you something. Yeah, give him his cloak back. It is in this exactly. portion. Exactly. 
in today's reading, he gives you he gives you something, and he also owes you money. And he'd be like, well, I want, uh, why don't I just keep you know your cloak because you owe me money, you know, like NBD will just be a trade. It's like no, 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 you have to give it back to him. So that's what that's what we learn. Hashem does the same thing. There's another, there's another douche that, that I've heard on this, and that is, um, great is your faithfulness. It's, it's because we have debts that we owe him, right? And he could, mm. you know, just collect. Take, collect, right? But. His faithfulness, it's not just the idea that he's faithful to resurrect the dead, he's faithful, it's, it's, he is, uh, he's saying that he's, he's putting trust in us, Hmm. he's, he's letting us live another day, because he's, he's, he has faith in us, us that we will get up Hmm. and live for him that day. Um, and so great is his faithfulness towards us in that he's giving us another opportunity mm. to do another mitzvah but to um, sanctify his name all those all those it, ideas it reminds me of the parable where uh, that Mashiach gives about um, entrusting the servants with uh, yeah. you know with the talents, the yeah. talents yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know and the one guy just buries his talent and doesn't do anything with it and then you got the other guys who actually go out and they do do it and get interest. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Here's the soul level. Uh, a little bit Kabbalistic. That's healthy to have. Yeah, yeah. It's actually healthy to have a lot of Kabbalistic. So here's here's the soul level of this. This is just your basic soul level, right? Living in eternal king, Melech Chayvakayam, refers to the Sephirah of Malchut as it is united with the Sephirah of Yisod. I included a diagram of the Sephirot for your entertainment. This is Malchut down here. This is Yisod here. Does everybody know what the Sephirot are? No. Sephirot are like... Is this, is this the little beams that have vessels? No, kind of. This is the shattering of the vessels? Are you talking about the shattering of the vessels? Yeah. It's kind of like what happened because yeah. of that. This is related. So yeah. these are the creative forces, the the forces Hashem uses to interact with this world. Okay. All right, so we don't need to learn about all of this effort right now, but the most important part, Malchut is Shekhinah. Like, that's the divine presence. Also the altar. So that's, that's, that's Shekhinah. All of these, like, we don't really talk about. Because the Shekhinah is, is here in this world. Malchut is here in this world. Right? I was going to say that it might help some of the um, listeners from afar, maybe anyone in the room. I, I kind of came up with an analogy for this it, it, and sort of saw it as, okay, since Kefir at the very top is is basically unknowable. That's that's, that's like the Ein Sof. And then Malchut is, it can only receive... It has no essence of its own, so it's like only receiving the um, attributes and whatever is distilled from the levels above it. And Malchut is is the level that we in this physical world can perceive. 
as such, you can almost think of it as, a, as like a circuit where the Keter introduces the amount of um, power, but the resistors and capacitors put it into a usable form um, that we can, you know, otherwise it would be way too much. If you have too much power, every single light bulb will burst. Um, right. And, and that's, so, then that's what all the Sephirot are, are about, are kind of bringing down Hashem's Light, the the light of the or the, the the light of the Yimsof into this lowest material world. And you maybe heard some people say like judging to the right side versus judging to the left side. And that's where this all comes from. Is like Chesed is here on the right side, which means judging towards the sides of love and loving kindness, versus judging here on Gavura, which is strictness and strict judges justice and stuff like that. So that, everything pretty much revolves around this this tree of life. That's not the point. The point is this one phrase in the Modeani has a soul level because living in eternal king. So we have Melech, Chai Vakayam. So Melech corresponds to Malchut, Chai Vakayam corresponds to Yisod, Malchut, Melech, you know, it's very similar. And, and so the idea is that a restoration of the soul comes from the level of Malchut as it unites with the level of Yisod. So which two levels again? So this is Malchut, this is Yisod. The whole idea of pretty much all our lives is to get this whole top part connected to Malchut, right? So they're saying that the restoration of the soul comes from this connection. See, all of these filter into this. And because this, this all corresponds to the human body. Mm-hmm. This is the like a crown on top of the head. Chochemah is the right brain. Left brain is Bina, understanding. Chesed and Gevorah, your two arms, Deferd is your torso, Netzach and Hod are the two legs, and your sword is the reproductive organ. And so it's kind of like everything goes right to the reproductive organ, and this is a, this is a woman normally. So the other side. So it's, it's a joining. So they're saying that Malchut and your sword unite, and that's where the restoration of the soul comes from. Okay? Well, which is interesting. Well, there'll be more on it later. Well, no, it, it, it's a good analogy because mm-hmm. it takes hmm. to uniting to, to bring down to the bring soul into yeah. a new exactly person, right? very similar very similar I love talking about this stuff um, let's skip over to here so here's the idea is that chasidut what's the fifth level of interpretation to modernity well what's the essence of chasidut no, that's the wrong answer. The essence of Moshiach is Yechida. The essence of Chasidut is Yechida. Okay? The fifth level of the soul. Yechida. Okay? So how do we look at Modani with the fifth level of the soul? Hmm? Hmm? All the impurities of the world cannot contaminate the Modani of a Jew. Okay? So the idea is like... You do this before you wash your hands because you might be filthy, but it doesn't it doesn't matter because your modeani is still going to be perfect. You know you have to wash your hands for all these other blessings; they have to be done correctly. But it's, you can't mess up modeani. Okay, that's the kind of the level that we're getting at. Um, it's possible that a person might be lacking in one way or another, but his modeani is always going to be flawless. So. The idea of a, of a lacking would all be Naranach, 
these levels of the soul which have limitation, where evil could exist. But Yechida transcends everything. It's just directly connected to Hashem. So this Yechida level is kind of like, you're going to be filthy, but your mother and he is going to be perfect. Right? So, the four categories of love of Russian, Yechida is constantly united with the essence of God. That's what Yechida means. That's what Yechida means. So this is why Modayani does not mention any of Hashem's names. Because, contrary to popular belief, Modayani is not like a lower blessing. It's not, it can't even be called a blessing because it doesn't contain what blessings contain. But it doesn't contain any of Hashem's names. So we think like, oh, before we wash our hands, like this is kind of a, like a wimpy blessing. Class right. Affirmation. Right, right, <laughs> right. But Hashem's names, they're all, they're all limitations. When we looked at the Sefirot, we were looking at, we're looking at what's behind every one of his names. And there's seven names that we're not allowed to erase and stuff like that, like El- Elohim and stuff like that. Um, Hashem's the Tetragrammaton. These are all special names. Modeani doesn't contain all of those because Modeani is actually addressing the Yain Sof. It's addressing beyond all of this stuff because it's higher than all that stuff. So they, they say, Modeani corresponds to Anuchi. Ani, Anuchi. Anuchi is the first of the Ten Commandments, right? Anuchi Hashem Anukecha. I, I am Hashem, your God. So it's this idea that Anuchi is not a, a holy name. You're allowed to write Anuchi and erase it. It's, all it means is like, I. But Modeani is referencing that. This this non-holy name that's referring to the very essence of the Ain Self. Right? So it's higher than everything else. So the Modeni is, you're saying, that is like higher than even names. Right, right. It's, we're addressing higher than all the names. Wow. It's a big deal. Now, is it because it's fresh? You know, like, because the idea is that you're, you're thanking him as your soul is freshly Mm. Return to you. Sure. So it's like, you know, you're in that freshness when you wake up. Before you get all yeah. messed up. From yeah. the Even though you might still be filthy, you right, right, right. might be filthy. You see that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dust on the wine bottle. This is the So the cool thing about Hasidut is this like oil, is the essence. So. That means it has to permeate everything. It has to it has to permeate all the levels of the Torah. So we may know the Chassidut interpretation of Modani, but now Chassidut has to permeate all four levels that we already saw, wow. and it can't change them. It has to just bring life into them, them. which is what we will now seek. <laughs> it can do that. <laughs> this is this is the light of the angel. It can do anything. Okay, so it goes into the Peshat level. Does everybody remember what the Peshat level was? Thank you for returning our soul, right? So, specifically, my soul. Nishmati. We're thanking him for returning my soul. The Jewish soul. Because if there were any other soul, I wouldn't thank him. <laughs> this is the idea. If, if he just gave me a life, but it was this life, that I wouldn't be able to perceive him, that's no life at all to me. It's like in the, um, uh, the Elenium, like thanking God for... Not making me like the families of the earth, yeah, yeah. stuff like that, yeah. Right, so the gratitude is specifically for the restoration of this specific soul, 
that has the ability to perceive godliness. Wow. Right? Wow. So, and it's, and this is all, any, any other soul would inspire my thanks. A life that is devoid of perceiving godliness is no life to me at all. So when I say modiani, I'm saying like, the life, I don't want an animal. Like the Goyim all have these, they're just acting like animals. They don't perceive Hashem. But I have a very special soul. So thank you for restoring my soul within me. We'll have another class on that. This feeling comes from Yechida because Naranach allow for a life that could be devoid of perceiving God. Because it's all within the limitations. You may never perceive God, but Yechida, that's a direct connection to Hashem. So this, this idea of thank you God for my soul comes from a level of Yechida. Right? Right? But we haven't changed the Pashat meaning. It was thanking God for storing my soul within me. All I did was emphasize the word my. Right? That's what Chassidut did. It didn't change any of the meaning. It only brought life into the meaning. So now we do that with the Remez level. Does everybody remember the Remez level? Yes, but the resurrection. The resurrection of the dead. That's right. Well, the uh, Lubavitcher's Rebbe's point is, firstly, that that connection makes no sense. Right, so that is it really like the resurrection of the dead? Because reconnecting your soul to your body, that's nice, but the resurrection of the dead is kind of a huge deal. You're going to be completely um, decomposed in the ground, and our sages say that the only thing that remains is your loose bone, which is the it's the bone of the the, the base of the neck. No, then if you're a winner. So you're going to have your tefillin on, that's where the knot sits, is on your loose bone. It's indestructible. I thought the tzadikim decomposed. We're not talking about tzadikim, obviously. <laughs> so, and so he's taking this bone, and we know the soul corresponds to the body. Right? The soul fits, it fills the body. So if the body is down to just a single bone, the soul must be messed up somehow, like decomposed, I don't know. And so the resurrection of the dead is this complete reconstruction. Like he's going to have to build a human out of a bone and then he's going to have to grow the soul back to fit the human and then stick it all together. That's nothing like connecting an existing soul and an existing body. So it really shouldn't, it shouldn't be a connection unless you have chasidut. Which of course we do. The daily restoration is also reconstruction in the mind of of, of Hasidism. Why is that? Flip the page. Because Hasidut teaches that this world is constantly being recreated. Right? So, so every instant, Hashem is remaking this world. Right? And so, when we say Modeani, or we're saying that it kind of corresponds to the resurrection of the dead, it only corresponds in that, yeah, there's going to be a complete recreation there at the resurrection of the dead, and there's a complete recreation every instant. And so it does, it does correspond with that. You can only feel this constant creation ex nihilo through Yechida. Why would that be? Because all the four levels of the soul that are underneath Naranach are bounded by their respective worlds. I don't have to explain their respective worlds, but there's four spiritual worlds 
and they all correspond to the four levels of the soul, it was the same thing. They're all kind of like part of a world. So if you're, if you're part of a world, like unfortunately most of us perceive this world, we think that it actually has independent being. Like this is, like this is staying here because it exists. That's because we're in this world. But if you're at the level of Yechida, Yechida transcends all the worlds, and you kind of see, like, a bird's eye view, like, oh yeah, these worlds are being constantly created every moment, because that's what Hashem has to do. Yeah, well, it's not too far. All right. Has everybody got that? How the, 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 the Ramez level only makes sense with Chassidut. Yeah. Right? So, the Jewish level, who remembers the Jewish level? On that, it's we were digging. This is where we learn the mitzvah. Right. This yeah. is the mitzvah about how you can't. This one, the Rulubavitch Rabbi says, the mitzvah doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If someone owes you money and he gives you something for, to, for you to entrust, it makes sense that you just go ahead and take that thing as payment and not, I mean, this guy owes you something. It's a debt. This mitzvah doesn't make any sense. Chasjud says, that the fundamental, fundamental principle of all the mitzvot is that they are the will of the supreme mind. There's the, the, the supernal will. Right? So, that transcends reason. And so we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be keeping the mitzvot, the ones that are mishpatim, which have a reason, that's logical, as if they were chukim. Because, because we, the, the ones that are super rational, because the reason maybe has nothing to do with the real reason, because this, this reason transcends all the worlds, right? So it's only about, I'm just doing the will of Hashem. That's all it is about. It's not about anything else. So it doesn't matter if the mitzvah doesn't make any sense. We know that the Torah is completely one with Hashem. And so the essence of the mitzvot is Hashem's will. And Hashem's will is one with Hashem. There would be no separation between Hashem's will and Himself. And Hashem doesn't have an existence for the sake of others. Hashem exists for His own sake. Just, he exists. So therefore, the mitzvot exist for their own sake. Not on the basis of, well, it's logical to do this. They exist simply because they're mitzvot. They're an end to themselves. Right? So, the true recognition of this idea comes through Yechida, of course, because the ties of Naranach to their Creator are dependent upon their particular forms. So, the, well, the forms, Naranach is all about limitations, the four levels of interpretation, these are all, they're all tied, when you, when you tie the mitzvot to the Creator on this level, the four levels, they're bound by limitation, by reason, stuff like that. But when you uh, go above all this level, you're looking down upon it, and it's like, logic means nothing here. Right? Mm -hmm. um, 
the, the comprehension of the supernal will from the four levels, the lower levels of the soul is going to be constricted because that's what their definition is. They're all limited in some way. But the Yechida sees the supernal will uh, as, it's, well, it's one with Hashem. Yechida is one with Hashem. So it's, it's above it. Yechida is all about attachment to divinity for the sake of divinity alone. Like, there's no ulterior motives, there's no ulterior reasoning. Can, can you say constricted synonymously with concealed? Not really. No? Okay, I didn't think so. I was just curious. Because concealed implies that it's actually here, but concealed. Okay. But if it were here, whatever it is being constricted in the case of the Ein Sof, or the light of the Ein Sof, that would destroy everything. I, in my opinion, I don't know. I'm talking to someone who's learning. All right, so this is gonna take a little work, but it's not. It's not. It's not too tricky. It's just hard for me to explain it because uh, I have to wrap my words around it. Um, we're gonna just look at the soul level again. Who remembers what the soul level is? Right, the restoration of the soul comes from these two joining. Right? Right. So how does Chassidut illuminate this? Let's bring up the diagram again. The Sephirah of Malchut is an aspect of divinity which is related to the world. We kind of said this when we were talking about the Sephirah, but these all, you know, they transcend the world. But Malchut is the one, that's the aspect of divinity that's like here in this world. That's why we call it the Shekhinah, Hashem's presence. Presence, like present in this world. You know, it's, it's accessible. This Sephirah of Yasod is an aspect of divinity which is above the realm of the world. Obviously, right? If this is what kind of where the world is at, then Yasod is above it. And all of these are above it. Mm. Above this world, right? Okay. So, in, right, so in all the Sephirah preceding Malchut, time and space are completely nullified because time and space only are present in this world, Malchut, the union of Mahut with Yesod is the revelation of the light of the Ainsof which transcends the world within the aspect of divinity which is vested in the world. Yesod, see, let us, I'll explain it. Yesod, don't read it, I'll, I'll say it verbally. Yesod is, is like this uh, funnel, obviously, like for everything else, all this stuff transcends the world. Mahut doesn't. It's the divinity that's associated with this world. So when we're saying the restoration of the soul comes from the union of these, we're saying the restoration comes from that which transcends the world being attached to that which is in the world. So it's this transcendence meets... Um, well, it's here Here's infinite cosmic power in bitty, bitty living space. Right, right. <laughs> but when that happens, that's a big deal. You're laughing at your voice moving up several lines. Thank you, Robin Williams. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, and if you think about the whole concept of the tabernacle, right? Right, right. Very similar. I, I mean, I have this. I have this conversation. With, with a rabbi, right? And the whole, the whole, the whole idea of making a house for Hashem 
Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. So this God who transcends right, right. all of creation, all creation depends on him every moment, right? Yet we're going to somehow build a physical little tent and he's going to Sit take up residence in this little yeah. tent. You know, it doesn't make it, it makes no logical sense. But that's that's the that's sort of a picture of the sub, you know, right. Mahut uniting, right? Taking something that transcends and bringing it into this room. Right. Which is a big deal. So I feel like this one probably explains Hasidut a little more than any of the other connections did, because it's basically the revelation of the light of the Ein Sof is Hasidut. That's what you were saying. That's like the essence of Hasidut is that revelation, that moment when it came here. Okay. Right? Yeah, sure. And so that's basically like Modani is like a quintessential example of Hasidut because it's representative yeah. of this union between two. Keep, but keep in mind that we're only looking at Modani because it's the first thing we do in the morning this and the idea is that this can be applied to every mitzvah in the Torah every part of the Torah right. it's the same idea but you're right it's very, it's very obvious in Modani right so th there's another act there's another page on Sod because we're not finished with it yet so let me just finish up on the Sod level if this uh, so we have your Sod and we have Malchut and there's a connection and that's where the restoration of the soul comes from right the restoration of the soul comes from the level of living an eternal king which shows Yesod and Malchut together, right? So, we learned in the Ramez level that that means there's going to be a completely new being here. Like Hashem is recreating every single moment, right? So there's going to be a completely new being in the morning. But how can you have a completely new being? How can you create Ex Nihilo? Creation Ex Nihilo is actualized specifically through Malchut, because actualization would have to come in the realm of Malchut, like actual this world. But where does that power to create out of nothing come from? It can't come from Malchut. The power to create ex nihilo must come from the essence of the light of the Ein Sof, which transcends everything, even the categories of nothing and something. We're talking about above all the spherot, we have the essence of the light of the Ein Sof, that is above everything, so you can see where you're going to start to get back into the Echida level, where there is no something and nothing, there's no categories at all to this, to the essence of the idea, and so it transcends everything, and so there, if, if there is no something and nothing, then it has the power to create something from nothing. That's, that's the whole point. It, it's the only thing that could have that power, since it transcends that. So if you're dealing with stuff that still has something and nothing, then you're not going to be able to create something from nothing. But that which is neither something nor nothing, that can create something from nothing. Right? Sir. So, uh, um, a good friend of mine who is, he's not atheist, uh, he's, I guess he's sort of agnostic, like he's kind of in this, you know, but he, he's, he places a lot of faith in logic and science and whatever, right? So, in, in a conversation, you know, um, God comes up in the conversation and 
it, it, it went down that whole kind of progression of, okay, so God created the world in seven, six days, and you know, right, right. the whole creation account, you know. And the, the discussion kind of went, well, but, um, you know, and, and I remember doing this as a kid, as a, as a kid too, well, okay, well, if God created the world, who created God? Right, first God. Who created whoever created God? And who created, you know, so logic tells you, logic says, logically, since logic would say there has to be cause and effect, right? Effect, right? Um, the, you, logic also would say something just is. You and problems. that is ain't so. Right. 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 There you go. So that which transcends logic, reason, or even existence. The insof means no end, but it, it's the idea of, of no thing. Hashem, we say Hashem is nothing because Hashem is not a thing. He's no thing, right? And so wow. that's the idea of creation, yesh mi'ayin, is creation something from nothing. But that's, what are we saying when we say nothing, though? Nothing. We're, we're saying creation from Hashem. That's what creation, yesh mi'ayin, means. So to take that one step further, can we actually say that we're not actually, when we, when we, when we read about or, or um, even attempt to describe the creator of everything, we're actually not even describing yeah. him. Right. You know, it's when we, when we try to talk about God, we're not, we're not talking about God. It's... We're talking about what he's revealed to us. Exactly, it's a uh, it's a distillation, right. and that's where the the names that are obviously associated with a particular attribute, um, you know, those those are, become useful. But beyond that, it's okay. This is like an infinitesimal speck of not even what, what we've seen, right. what he's chosen to reveal. Actually, this is really important point that you guys have to at least remember is this idea that Mahut can't create something out of nothing and the soul is a completely new being every every instant, every morning for sure and so that power has to come from something with, which transcends the categories of something and nothing. That power is the essence of the light of the Ain Self. Right? Uh, so therefore has the power to transform nothing into something. The realization that creation ex nihilo is from the essence of God comes through Yechida, which I kind of just hinted at anyway. Yechida trans- transcends Nalanach. Yechida is directly connected with, with Hashem. And so, etc., etc., right? Apprehension of transcendent essence of the light of being self is possible only through the level of the soul which itself is united with his essence. If, if you are in the Nalanach level, you're down in that level that was created. You know, you're down in that something level where you're not going to be able to actually feel this idea of like this power had to come from his essence. It didn't just materialize here. Okay. So that's, that's all of how Hasidut um, adds life to each of the four level, levels of Pardes. What's interesting is that Hasidut is the link between all four levels of Bardez, what seem to maybe be four separate um, interpretations of Modayani, the Chassidut and its interpretation brings them all together in a single thought. Hmm. Are you ready for the thought? 
realizing that the creation of something from nothing comes from the essence of the light of the Yin Sof, that's what we learn in the Sod level, intensifies one's awareness that all the worlds are constantly being created from utter nothingness, which is what we learned in the Ramez level. Right? This leads to an appreciation of the oneness of Hashem. Because there's nothing else besides Him. And all the worlds are completely nothingness in relation to Him. That's what we say when we say Hashem Echad. It's Hashem, right? Hashem is just one. Well, if there's nothing else besides Him, so the life of the flesh has no real existence at all. And existence is only our connection with Hashem, which is the Peshat level. That this life would be no life of all, at all unless it was a life connected to Hashem. Right? And so what we actually meant is Actually, it's no life at all, mm. unless we're talking about that connection with Hashem. Which is what the Master said. I have come that they might have life, and that more abundant. Valid. If there is nothing else besides Him, it is obviously impossible to inject any other reason or purpose into fulfilling the mitzvot than simply because they are the world of Creator, that's the Jewish level. Mm. Right? <coughs> so that's all four levels. Just kind of smashed together because of the Hasidic um, interpretation of it. Oh, Yechida plays nice. What is this about? Wait, oh, this is a simple point. I just want to make sure. Yechida does not negate Naranach. So, the Hasidic interpretation of this didn't mess with the Peshat Ramez Drush soul levels. It didn't say they weren't true. It didn't go against them. And it, all it did was add life to them. Just, like, add another emphasis. Just quick clarification for me. Naranach is all in Malchut, right? In Yechida... Like, if, you, if you're comparing the Sephiroth to you wouldn't, levels of the soul... You wouldn't really do that. Because you kept saying the Yechida was, like... Transcends. Transcending the, even the Sephiroth. Yeah, well, Yechida is connected directly to the to the Ainzov. So that's the only thing that really transcends... When it comes to soul levels? When it comes to the relation of soul levels to the relations of, like, the manifestations of God. Um, What's the question? Pacifero. You know, like what? So is it like Naranach? All I was wondering if that all exists within Malchut, basically, yeah. like within. This it's spread world. out amongst the Sephirot. Oh. Okay. Um, but what are we really talking about? Are we talking about just in this, like, physical existence, or like higher realms? Because it all repeats itself. There's a Naranach of the world. There's a Naranach of you, and then the Naranach of of the Sephirot. There's like a bunch of different levels. But I would still say Yechida is transcending all of those. Okay. Okay. You have a diagram there anyways. Yechida is the essence of each of the particular levels, like oil. So it's it's kind of like what's the main point of the Bashat level? What's the main point of all these levels? Which is, it's the Chassidut interpretation. It brings it out. It's like this is the essence of everything we're looking for. This is the fundamental point, is that all the individual particulars are united with the essence. So they all, they all have to somehow come together like we did on the last page, or else we didn't do it right. Chassidut, since it's the essence, it has to bring them all together, and if it doesn't, it's messed up. Right? So that's the idea of Yechida. There's a um, famous, famous idea brought about in the Sefer Yetzirah, but it's the idea that 
The beginning is wedged in the end. The uh, first intent is the last action. So man was created last in creation, but man was God's first thought when he started creation. Um, and then you'll even go further in some, some poems we sing. We, we say Shabbat was the last thing. That was Hashem's first thought then. Because whatever is last was first in thought. Our, our first intention, right? Um, only in the end is the first intention and purpose truly realized like in the creation of man. So, the idea was that until your wellsprings flow to the outside is kind of the same idea. We're trying to get it, these, these ideas, these big concepts, yechida, transcendence, into the outside. The outside, well, what's the outside? The essence of chasidut, the essence of chasidut is expressed when it's extended and diffused into the lowest levels. The outside would be like the transformation of one's animal soul, just like the outside of the, the inside of a person. If you look at my insides, like I mean this, this soul, but my outside levels would kind of be like my animal soul, the parts that aren't really me. But if you get outside a person, the person's outside is like this little spot of world that I've been given. So like, I only live in Charlotte, so that my little portion of the world is limited. That's my outside. So the idea is that the essence of Chassidut is not going to be expressed until it's brought into the lowest levels, which means transforming my animal soul and um, elevating the sparks in my little portion of the world. Sir? Another way to say that is, is that um, why there's so much emphasis on um, improving and, and um, uh, correcting our attributes mm-hmm. so that we become closer to that. No, it's exactly what we're talking about with the first point of transforming the animal okay. soul. Yeah. It's where we're looking at, um, right, where we can turn the animal soul. We'll talk about that in a second, actually. So it's only through actual divine service that the, that the essential aspect of chasidut is revealed. So it's not this heady idea where it's all transcendence, yechida and stuff. That, that idea is only going to be truly realized if it's divine service. The, um, I think it was the Tzemach Tzedek was also who said, like, the most important thing I mean, whenever you're doing anything with Hasidism is to get some kind of, like, it should, it should boost your service. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to live it out mm-hmm. or else you miss the whole point. Mm-hmm. You know? the That's right. That's right. So, this is it. The bigger picture of Chassidut. What's the bigger picture? The idea of transforming the lowest levels into vessels for divinity is found generally in all parts of the Torah. Because remember, whatever we find generally in all parts of the Torah is particularly Chassidut, right? So this idea in Chassidut that it has to be in the lowest levels, well, we're going to find that in the Torah generally. Where is it in the Torah? Well, it says, I created the Yetzirah and I created the Torah as Tavlin for it. Um, we just learned in Messiah Shine this quote from the, from the Talmud as I created the Torah as an antidote. The word is Tavlin, the word is spices. So back then they would use spices as like a healing mechanism, but the word is spices, Tavlin. So I created the Yetzirah and I created the Torah as spices for it. What does that mean? 
created the Torah and the antidote, as what you just said. But it doesn't say antidote, it says spices. That's the sweetener? Yeah, kind of, yeah, exactly. Spices, right? So, but here's the deal, is that of all the worlds, this world is the lowliest, this material world. We're not on any high plane in this place. And of all the things in this world, the Yitzhahara is the lowliest. So how could something which the Torah, which is all the worlds are completely nothing before the Torah, how could the Torah, so exalted, be spices for the Yitzhahara? It doesn't make any sense. It shouldn't be allowed to work that way. But that's the whole point of the Torah. The essence of the Torah, that it is united with the essence of God, is expressed precisely as it, in, in its being spices for the Yitzhahara. So the essence of the Torah, which is it's united with God, that's its main expression is when it's, it's spices for the Yitzhahara. Because to spice the Yitzhahara can only come from the essence of God. When I'm saying spice the Yitzhahara, I'm talking about, like Tara was saying, it's taking your Yitzhahara and turning it into a power for good. Um, there's two ways, I probably have the bullet points for it here, but there's two ways you can deal with the Yitzhahara. One is you have to break it, and that's what you do when it incites you to sin. That's where the fight comes from. But the other one is that the Yitzhahara is basically just a craving. It's basically just a desire. And so if you can point the desire, or spice the desire, then you've got it. That's the whole purpose of the Torah. That's the essential point of the Torah. That's how you reveal the essence of the Torah. That's the essence of Chassidut. Um, but this point here about it can only come from the essence of God, I, that's kind of a complicated idea, but the, it's, it goes back to that kind of transcendence thing. Like, whenever you have a revelation, you've got a definition, you've got a form. So, um, as, soon as, as soon as you've got the Torah coming like into this world, you know, surrounded by letters and, and mitzvot to deal with killing cows and stuff, you've got automatically, when you have a definition, you have something that's outside the definition. So when you have good defined, which we have in the Torah, we have the definition also of bad. Just necessarily, right. So when you have a revelation or a definition, you're automatically creating not revelate, not revealed, yeah. not... Definition. Right, exactly. But that's only when it, when it gets revealed. The essence of God transcends all that. There is not this revealed, d defined good and evil to Hashem. Yeah. Like, well, Hashem, yes, but the Ein Sof, talking about way up above. So we just have this simple Ein Sof, that's all it is. And so the idea is, well, you have to just point the, the Yetzirah there. If the Torah is the essence of the Ein Sof, but then it's descended, if we want to get back to the essence of the Ein Sof, we have to do what only it can do, which is transform the, what, the, what looks evil into something good. Right? That's kind of common. It's not important. It's not important to this. So it's only through the transfer, transformation of darkness into light that the inner aspect of the Torah is expressed. That's what we're kind of saying, right? This is the idea of the Torah in general, but of Hasidut in particular. Two points. It penetrates into all levels of Naranach until it affects even the animal soul and the material world, these two low things. That's the idea. It has, this high thing has to be expressed in this uber-low thing. 
And the expression of its essence only is through how it affects these two low things, the animal soul and the, and the material world. Okay? So it's fitting that the vessel for the coming of the Master is the dispersal of the, of the wellsprings of Chassidu to the outside. Because when Moshiach comes, it says that all flesh will see. Like all flesh means everything. And so Chassidut has to be disseminated into everything, like even the lowest levels, for, for the essence of it to be revealed. So it's just perfect, right? So Moshiach is the reward for Chassidut. Chassidut is only expressed fully when it's brought into the lowest levels. And the word is Moshiach, which is all about the whole world's going to see, everyone's going to know Hashem, even the lowest levels. Hmm? Which is also consistent with with the Master's um, direction to go into all world. Right. 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 So, um, it's taking the essence of the Torah, you know, um, and Spreading, mm. bringing light to the darkness. Yeah, yeah, transforming darkness into light, mm. which can only can only happen to this. So that's it. May uh, may he come speedily in our days. Amen. Amen.